In this episode, I want to give you not only a reality check, but also a quick thought-provoking message regarding sustainability and why that is so important in our ever-changing world. I'm going to touch on several different important topics, so I truly hope you will stick around to the end because I really have some good information here. And at the end, I'm going to give you a very sound yet simple strategy on how to start your journey toward a sustainable future. So be sure to stick around for the full episode, which is simply called Pick One. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy, he has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick. And this is episode number 62, which is called Pick One. When I was growing up in Georgia and Tennessee, there were two working farms in our family. We kept a very large garden. We raised a variety of farm animals for meat. There were numerous fruit and nut trees on the property. We went fishing on fishing trips regularly and spent time foraging for wild berries. What we were unable to produce, we simply purchased at the local farmer's market because those vegetables also came from local farms. The excess food was canned or frozen to last us through the winter, and self-sufficiency was not something that we really talked about because it was simply the way we lived. But what I see now more than ever is that people make no effort to be self-sufficient, much less sustainable. In fact, on a global scale, 55% of the world's population lives in urban areas, and in the United States, that is as much as 83%. And as more of us transition to urban life, a growing percentage of us are completely disconnected from the natural world. We increasingly depend on a supply chain that we do not understand and cannot possibly control. We have this expectation and belief that we will ultimately never do without because we live in the land of plenty. But during the course of my lifetime, the population of the world has more than doubled. And at the time of this presentation, there are about 7.85 billion people that call this planet home. And it is expected that the global population will increase to 9.1 billion by the year 2050. And as could be expected, that increased population comes at a price. Human activity is driving numerous changes on a global scale and many of which we are just beginning to understand. 
Presently, we utilize 50% of our habitable land for agricultural activities. And moreover, the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization says that agricultural production on a global scale will have to produce 70% more food by the middle of this century in order to feed our growing population. And yet, it is agricultural production that is by far one of the largest drivers of environmental destruction. And as if that were not enough, many areas in the world are now experiencing prolonged drought conditions and presently one in three people globally do not have access to fresh water. Now, that may be very difficult to swallow, especially if you stand on the banks of the mighty Mississippi, the Ohio, the Tennessee, or even the Missouri rivers. But there is an underlying trend that most people do not understand. While nearly 70% of our planet is covered with water, only 2.5% of that is actually fresh water, and the rest of it is saline or ocean water. And we only have easy access to about 1% of that fresh water, and the rest of it is trapped in glaciers and in snowfields. Now, the amount of water on the planet has always been essentially the same, even since the time of the dinosaurs, and this is because water is constantly recycled through the atmosphere and back to the Earth. But over time, the population of the world has exploded, which means every year the competition for clean, safe water intensifies. And water usage globally has outpaced the population growth by 50%. And we are now witnessing river basins literally running dry, which of course exacerbates our freshwater crisis. And in fact, in 17 countries, which are home to 25% of the world's population, now face extreme water stress. But despite all of this, we go about our daily lives pretending nothing is happening. It's as if we are speeding along in a vehicle, we pass a sign that says danger, cliff just ahead, and we just look at each other and say, well, it hasn't happened yet. This of course makes me question, what will it take to get everyone's attention? What will it take to slow down the inertia of our culture and change course to something more sustainable? Because at least according to NASA, the effects of human-caused global warming are happening now are irreversible on the timescale of people alive today and will worsen in the decades to come. Now, when you think about that, it really truly adds new depth to the saying, we are all in this together. Because between the effects of climate change and the most recent pandemic, it is quite obvious that we all now live in a global and highly connected community. And despite that, we still see a highly polarized community with painful inequity, unfair distribution of wealth, resources, and even critical medical supplies. 
But what most of us never think about is that the success of our efforts is closely linked to the health and well-being of even the most marginalized members in our global community. But with our ever-diminishing supply of vital resources, the question becomes how are we going to conserve, manage, and distribute those resources so that the people alive today continue to have a decent standard of living and we leave plenty of resources for the generations to come? And the answer to that is sustainability. So what does that really mean? What exactly is sustainability and what does that look like? Well, in a very academic sense, the three main pillars of sustainability are economic, environmental, and social. But less formally, these are referred to as people, planet, and profits. Now, I am quite certain that the environment would be just fine without any people, but without people, there is no society, and there certainly is no economy. So consequently, if we humans want to continue to exist on this planet, we must pay close attention to all three pillars in order to develop a sustainable future. So to put things plainly, sustainability is truly based on one simple principle. Everything that we need for our health and well-being and survival is connected either directly or indirectly to the natural world. But if you are still not convinced of just how connected we are to the natural world, then go back and listen to episode 58, which is called 12 Unexpected Consequences of Climate Change. And in that presentation, I give 12 examples that clearly reveal how one thing affects another and how there must be a balance. But for us to live sustainably simply means to create and maintain a lifestyle where we have a mutually beneficial and productive relationship with nature. And by doing so, we not only take care of our needs, but also leave sufficient resources for future generations. Now you would think that would be obvious to all of us, yet we continue to drive along in our take-make-dispose economy, and we just pass that sign that says, Danger! Cliff just ahead. So, why is it that this is so important? Why is this something that we must, we must pay attention to? Admittedly, this maybe is a difficult concept for many to grasp considering that we live in such a highly connected and global community. But we are at the point to where we are deeply dependent on resources in some faraway land in order to make our lives function. And consequently, if one country in our global community struggles due to a financial crisis or resource depletion or an environmental crisis or maybe even foreign invasion, it's entirely possible for that to set in motion 
a cascade of reactions that triggers a global crisis. So many people would simply throw up their hands and say, what is the world coming to these days? Well, I would counter that by saying, the world is not coming to anything else other than what the world has always been coming to. The only difference is that with modern technology and the internet, if some unfortunate event occurs halfway around the globe, we hear about it 10 minutes later. As one of my favorite authors, Simon Anholt, points out, the natural cycle of human civilizations is that they rise and flourish, they then become strained and decadent, then they decline and fall. And in our modern world, all that is new is the fact that we have the power to take most of nature down with us. But you know what? Have no fear. In my podcast episode 2, which is called The Most Sustainable Countries, I clearly point out several examples of entire countries that have gone to renewable energy. And not only that, the United States actually has sufficient natural resources to produce six times more electricity than what is needed to run the entire country. Yet, big business and big government refuse to move toward renewables and we continue to languish comfortably with a dwindling supply of fossil fuels. And in the backdrop, the big oil companies try and shift the blame of global warming on the consumer, as I clearly point out in episode 52 called Your Carbon Footprint is Just a Sham. And meanwhile, the average everyday person drowns in a sea of misinformation. Our environment is polluted with what is being called forever chemicals. Our oceans are filling with plastic pollution. And in the United States, food waste on a yearly basis is estimated to be 30 to 40 percent of our food supply. And furthermore, most people probably do not know that approximately 80 percent of the world's virgin forests have now been destroyed or irreparably degraded. All for the purpose of providing timber, wood and paper products, and clearing for agriculture. And at our current rate of consumption, we will no longer have rainforests by the year 2100, and the planet will be completely barren of trees in another 300 years. In 1856, an American scientist named Eunice Fote first described the extraordinary power of carbon dioxide to absorb heat. A few years later, in 1861, an Irish scientist named John Tyndall observed the same thing. But the first quantitative estimate of carbon dioxide-induced climate change was made by a Swedish scientist, Cervante Arrhenius, in 1896. His publication was considered the first seminal paper on climate change. And here we sit, a hundred and twenty-five years later, and people are finally starting to agree. I first started hearing about climate change when I was a teenager, and at the time, I thought, wow, that's a really interesting concept, but most likely I will never see that in my lifetime, 
And once again, I was wrong. So considering all that I have pointed out here, you're likely going to ask at this point, well, what's a person to do? My response to that is very simple. Pick one. That may seem confusing, but I can guarantee you if I point out or point you to one of the hundred different resources I have on the topics of sustainability, you will be even more confused. I can just as easily point you to the various internet-based resources that give 101 tips on sustainability, or maybe I could point you to one out of the 230 books I have on my iPad on the subjects of living off the grid, solar design and installation, gardening, hydroponics, raising chickens, basic carpentry, even small engine repair. But if I do that, it would all just be as confusing as the sea of misinformation that we are presently swimming in. You would be overwhelmed, not know where to start, and would likely suffer sorely from information overload and then do nothing at all. But that is why I say, pick one. The simple truth is that most of us live under the misguided belief that if all else fails, someone will take care of us. And oftentimes in our culture, we have this underlying and perhaps unspoken belief that we can solve our problems with money and technology and if all else fails, the government will swoop in and save us all. But I hate to burst your bubble because nothing could be further from the truth. And that is why you must pick one. As I so often say, as long as someone else is in control of your resources, they are in fact in control of your life. And consequently, you cannot afford to wait for the world governments to adjourn from their never-ending board meeting in order to solve this problem of a sustainable future. Because the time to start living sustainably is now. Because if you do not do something now, tomorrow you may not have a choice. This is the reason I have gone to so much effort to learn as much as I can about renewable energy and why my entire homestead is run off of nothing but solar. Because tomorrow, I may not have a choice. And this is why you must pick one. There are literally endless ways to start living a more sustainable life. It is a matter of developing one new habit at a time and as you have likely heard me say before, that preventing a single piece of trash from going to the landfill will not save the planet, but a lifetime of sustainable habits will. So pick one. Simply pick one thing that you are going to change in your life in order to start living more sustainably, and keep that one habit in your life for the rest of your life. And once that works for you, then pick one more, and then one more. Most people never stop to think that the decisions you make today 
do in fact decide what your life is going to be like five years from now. And since I spend a lot of time in the outdoors, I adhere strictly to the principle of leave only footprints. But what if we all made the decision to live more sustainably? And what if we all went through our entire lives or what is presently left of our life and adhere to the principle of leave only footprints? Then by default, you have adhered to the principles of using only what you need, reducing your waste, giving up plastics, respecting other cultures, extending a simple act of kindness, and being mindful of the fact that every single thing you do has an impact. Imagine what your life would be like five years from now. I have absolutely no doubt that we can all agree that we truly live in unprecedented times. We now live in a world that is changing so rapidly that it is difficult for even the most sound-minded person to feel some sense of security. But that can change by learning to manage some of your own resources. That can change by learning to live a little more independently. That can change by simply living a more sustainable life. So pick one. The whole point of this presentation is really to stimulate your thought processes and perhaps get you to question how you're living your life and why. And of course, the point is to encourage you to change what you're doing and live more sustainably. On a personal note, I have lived entirely off the grid for 25 years now and I never regret my choice and especially now. While I do not expect everyone to do what I do, it is very possible for most of us to change how we live even in some small little way. And the best way to get started is pick one. Margaret Mead, who was a cultural anthropologist and frequent public speaker in the 1960s and 70s, once said that Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. And indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And who would have ever thought that one teenager, Greta Thunberg, could get the attention of the entire global community? So during this coming week, there is something very simple that I want you to do for yourself. Take the time to go for a nice slow walk in the forest. Enjoy the sights, the smells, and the sounds of the forest and start reconnecting with the natural world. Because it is the natural world that sustains us all and you are never going to make the effort to save the earth unless you learn to love it. Then make the commitment to be a thoughtful, committed citizen that will be a part of changing the world. And 
You can start that today by just taking the time and effort to pick one. So that is it for this week, folks. I truly hope that you have enjoyed this episode and it has stimulated your thought processes toward living a more sustainable life. So please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, Adventures in Sustainable Living, as well as my companion blog, Off-Grid Living News. I will see you all again next week. This is your host, Patrick, signing off for now. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.